It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting live in Jacksonville, Florida, at the University of North Florida, in front of a live studio audience. All right. Jacksonville, University of North Florida. And uh, this social awareness talk show touches on a lot of philanthropy and charity work. And on a college campus, you're sure to find a lot of philanthropy and charity work, and we're just going to go around the room. Anybody want to brag uh, about a recent charity event that you might have had? Here we go. We have a volunteer. Fantastic. Okay. What is your name? Ashley Tendall. Ashley. Okay. And what is your, are you with a Greek organization? Uh, yeah, I'm a member of Zeta Tau Alpha. ZTA. It's Ashley. And what is your uh, philanthropy? And was it this semester? Mm-hmm. Uh, breast cancer awareness and education, and our philanthropy, well, obviously it's breast cancer awareness, awareness and education, but um, we did Race for the Cure this past semester, and then we also raised more than $2,500 for breast cancer awareness and education and the Zeta Foundation, um, and gave it to it this past semester. How about that? Have a, a round of applause for that, huh? $2,500. Fantastic. And... So Breast Cancer Awareness is your national organization's mm -hmm. philanthropy. So mm -hmm. I'm guessing that all Zeta, Ta, Alpha organizations, coast to coast, raise mm -hmm. money for breast cancer awareness. And this chapter locally at the University of North Florida did the Race for the Cure. Mm -hmm. Was it, uh, to be honest, how many people did the race? How, you have to get up early for that. That's yeah. not a good mix with college kids. Um, more than 90% of our chapter participated. You're lying to me now. I'm not. Um, and then Kappa Sig also did it. And... Gamma Eta also did it, yeah. 90% participation. More than 90%. Our, it, we're supposed to have 100% participation, but I don't know that we did. So. Okay, let's take a, a few minutes here. Let's pick out a few names that didn't participate and point them out and make fun of them. I'm just kidding. Don't say a word. <laughs> I don't know anyone. Okay, if they weren't in the race, they certainly aren't at this radio broadcast. You're right. Okay. Thank you, Ashley, so much uh, for sharing that story with us. And uh, do we have another hand up? Okay, here we go. Uh, another volunteer. Hi, thanks for joining us on the show. My name's Caleb Bradley. I'm the former president of KA. Caleb, all right. Oh, my gosh, you've got fans, too. Um, KA, that's Kappa Alpha. Yes. Ka Ka Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha. Order. Okay. How oh. can I screw that? There's two letters. KA, Kappa Alpha. Well, uh, ATO and ourselves both just won Zeta Roundup, so we raised some money there, so that was pretty good. Um, and also, we partnered with CSX and the local school to do community service this semester to help repair some of the schools. That's, now first tell me about the, the roundup. With, well, uh, what did you do and, how, and what money was raised? We're, uh, we're the best donators and ATO is the best dancers. So we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we both did a good job and uh, helped uh, with uh, Ashley over there raise money for breast cancer awareness. Okay, and then the community service with elementary school kids? Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, they went out there, we went out there to the chapter and uh, helped uh, landscaping and other stuff at a local school. That's fantastic. All right. I forget uh, that's, uh, that's commendable. I want a round of applause for this young man and his organization, Kappa Alpha. Um, it's inspiring 
for all of us to know that uh, this demographic, college-age students, are, uh, are being involved with their communities and helping out. This is your community service philanthropy public service announcement from the students at the University of North Florida. Let's give yourselves another round of applause. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And we are off and running. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the uh, Adam Ritz Show. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. You can tweet me and reach me uh, in the Twitterverse, at Adam Ritz. That's R-I-T-Z, like Ritz Crackers, at Adam Ritz. Uh, my thanks again to all the wonderful people in Jacksonville at the University of North Florida. What a beautiful campus. We had a great time broadcasting there uh, with the Fighting Ospreys. Very uh, intimidating mascot, the Fighting Ospreys. Um, you know what? I, and I prefer a mascot, a college mascot that's original. Uh, no offense, Northwestern and Kentucky, you know, the Wildcats, very common. That's a, a Kansas State. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, the Wildcats, the Tigers. Um, you know, I'm a Boilermaker, very original. I, I'm pretty sure there's only one Boilermaker uh, in the country. And the same could be said for a lot of the Big Ten schools and uh, teams around uh, the Midwest with the Hoosiers, the Badgers, the Gophers. Nittany Lions, not just the Lions, the Nittany Lions. Um, also, uh, the Fighting Irish. Uh, pretty sure there's only one Fighting Irish. and uh, Which leads us into our next conversation with the head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football squad, Brian Kelly. What an amazing year, undefeated season. Looking forward to the national championship game. And we did have a conversation with Coach Brian Kelly uh, to talk about some things off the field, just have some fun with them first and then bring up some character issues and player development stuff. Uh, but this is head coach Brian Kelly of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Coach, if you can, what uh, what were you like in junior high school? <laughs> I think um, the older I get, the better I thought I was as a player. <laughs> uh, I think I was like most kids, uh, you know, out doing as many things uh, as possible, especially relating sports. Well, outside of sports, uh, what kind of kid were you? Um, well, I think uh, I was a product of uh, an Irish Catholic uh, family. Uh, my dad was in politics. Uh, I remember doing a lot of door-to-door -door work and, and going to a lot of events uh, as a kid with my, with my dad. So you mentioned Irish Catholic. Um, Kelly, your last name. I mean, this is de your destiny is to be yeah. the head coach of Notre Dame. It, it's, uh, it's not a coincidence. Uh, you know, certainly I very much appreciate the opportunity to be here but uh, more importantly you feel like it's an opportunity of a lifetime being in Notre Dame being an Irish Catholic so I feel pretty blessed. Player development is such a re relatively new topic uh, with college athletics um, can you explain for the uh, for the college football fan what player development is some people might think that you're developing players right um, weightlifting practice eating, developing players, sure. but uh, can you, from a head coaching perspective, explain what player development is? Well, I think it's all those things. Remember, uh, we've got 18 to 21-year-olds who are, you know, very formative in, in uh, trying to uh, reach out and make decisions, very important decisions, and we've got to be there to make sure that they're making uh, good decisions, but we're giving them good information. So on a day-to-day -day basis, player development is, is building relationships with your players so that when you do give them the keys to the car, uh, so to speak, um, you hope that they're going to make good decisions. That was Brian Kelly, head coach of the Fighting Irish. We wish Notre Dame the best of luck in the national championship.
I'm Adam Ritz. Thanks again for listening, tuning in to the show. Uh, you can always check out what we're doing on Facebook. It's slash Adam Ritz Show. And again, the Twitter is at Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at the University of Alabama with Jeff Purinton. Hi, Jeff. How we doing? We're doing fantastic. You're the, uh, what are you, some sort of athletic director here? <laughs> some sort of. we got quite a few here, but I work with communications and uh, more so with football than anything else. So I'm just one of the, one of the guys here uh, working hard at the University of Alabama and enjoying what we do. As uh, associate athletic director at the University of Alabama, uh, I'm certain your role was uh, very in-depth with the um, – tornado that hit Tuscaloosa over a year ago. I think it was just a couple of Aprils ago, Aprils ago. And uh, boy, it really touched the whole nation. Everybody remembers where they were when they heard about that devastating tornado through Tuscaloosa. Um, And really, there was some campus damage as well, wasn't there? It just missed campus. And you can see, uh, actually step out of this building. I mean, literally not even a half mile from the athletic center the basketball facility, the stadium, everything. It literally just missed. But some of the off-campus housing and apartments, all of those houses were uh, completely devastated and knocked to the ground. And then your student-athletes, the Crimson Tide, uh, really pulled together. I remember seeing stories, uh, national media news outlets covering stories of student-athletes and really everybody in the entire state of Alabama coming together to pitch in to help the families, the victims of that tornado. Maybe talk about uh, your student-athletes. What was their role in the community during that tragedy? Well, I think the first thing, obviously, everybody did was make sure everybody was accounted for. and We were fortunate that uh, we didn't lose any of our student athletes. There were some students that passed away. And then the next thing was, what what can we do to help? And Coach Saban's message to the football team was, these these fans and the people of this community and this state have been there for you during the worst of times. And now it's time for us to be there for them. And I think the next day after the tornado, once we found out all the players were, were okay, he gave that message to them and kind of challenged our team to go out and, and make a difference. So I know every Saturday our strength coach would take 40 or 50 guys out, and they'd clean up, build houses, whatever the case may be. Coach Saban did a 14 for 14 for each national championship, uh, rebuilding houses in the community. So rebuild 14 houses. They're almost finished with that. Our players went and worked on that along with the other sports. We even had players from Kent State uh, who we played in the first game last year came down and worked with our players, people from Auburn, you know, student athletes and students at Auburn came here along with other schools who we played in other sports. So it was really neat to see everybody, not only in the community, but the state, the Southeast, college athletics just kind of unite uh, for one common goal. It was, it was really neat to see and take something that was such a negative and so devastating mm-hmm. and turn it into a positive. And then I heard recently that there were some, uh, I guess, accolades or awards. Not that you do that for awards, but there was some sort of, what was it, the Disney Award that was given to the University Correct. of Alabama, the student-athletes for this? Right. Every year in December, ESPN gives the Disney Spirit Award at their college football award show where they give the Doak Walker Award and all those different uh, individual awards. But we submitted our football team uh, as a possible uh, winner of the award, and they were selected, and Carson Tinker um, who actually lost his girlfriend in the tornado, and he had done a lot in terms of speaking in the community and trying to be a positive influence on people. He went and accepted the award along with some of our players and Coach Saban. So that was a great honor, and, and Coach even talks about, you know, the national championship and all those things are, are awesome, and, and that's why you play. But he's most proud probably of the 
Disney Spirit Award and receiving that in December. I was going to say, you know, that almost sounds better. That's more impressive than the national championship. That is a great award. That is fantastic for your guys. No question. And I think everybody who saw that video and watched the award show, I mean, if you watched that, you had a lump in your throat. There's nothing no matter where you are, who you're rooted for. And around here, you know, with the, all the national championships and success, there's 14 national championships. There's only one Disney Spirit Award. So yeah. it is very significant, and people are, are proud of it. Jeff Purinton is our guest, Associate Athletic Director with the University of Alabama uh, Athletics. And uh, let's have some fun now on this campus. I have to assume football Saturdays are probably uh, the best part of working here. Besides the obvious stuff like football and national championships, what are some of your favorite things about this campus? You know, to me, Tuscaloosa, and I actually had never been here. I, I went to school at Florida State. I'd never been to Tuscaloosa or the University of Alabama before I came here in 2007 to work. But it's kind of if you would kind of drew up a campus and, and the whole atmosphere and, and all the buildings kind of match, it's a little bit of the southern look um, but all the buildings are new as well I mean it's kind of how it's supposed to look you can walk everywhere we have a little over 30,000 students have the quad where everybody goes and you know plays throws the football or plays frisbee hangs out before the games and you know has the tents and the tailgates so if you hadn't been to an Alabama football game and kind of had a chance to see the campus you probably need to do that that needs to be on your bucket list if you have one all right well then I guess I should end this interview by saying two words Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. Appreciate it. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. We are joined by Robbie from Farewell, My Love. Hey, Robbie, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Robbie's a member of, um, uh, what would you categorize the genre of your music in the band, Farewell, My Love? Um, we, we call it theatrical rock because it's, you know, we're, we're a rock band, but we add a lot of visual theatrical aspects to it that, um, you know, with lots of different orchestral instruments and whatnot. So it's very visual. Well, visually, there's no mistaking you're in a band. I mean, if I could just describe you real quick for our listeners, um, blonde and brunette hair, all at the same time. Long, it's blonde in the middle, brunette on the end. Um, <laughs> thick, dark eye makeup, a couple of red crosses on your cheek. I mean, there's no doubt you're in a band. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I think people get that, get that idea when they see me. And you yeah. are lead, lead guitar. Yes, sir. And I've seen you play. You guys are killer. And real quick, let's get your uh, digital properties out of the way for your band. How can people find your music, download your music? Um, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Farewell, My Love. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash farewellmyloveofficial. So we're, we're everywhere. Okay. And the reason we brought you on this broadcast is to talk about um, suicide prevention and a, and a an organization, I guess a website, a movement, a social awareness cause that I'm not even familiar with. And what is that called? Um, well, we're, we're looking to in the future to work with uh, a thing called To Write Love on Her Arms. And um, music saves lives. Because uh, they're both suicide prevention and self-harm prevention kind of uh, things. And, you know, that's what, we, that's what we stand for and that's what we try and do is... Uh, give kids inspiration to not hurt themselves and not do things that they'll regret in the future just because there's a lot of there's a lot of kids out there with bad home lives and just messed up stuff going on and we just want to let them know that 
they're not alone and that they don't need to hurt themselves and that they need to just push forward because they they can get somewhere in the future, you know? You know, we all come from different backgrounds and we've all experienced amazing tragic events. Um, you know, I don't really want to go into details, but I, I just like feel like that music has brought us together as a band and has like, formed this friendship and a family that we, we have together and we want to share that with everybody else. And, you know, like, we, we hope that people can, like, see, like, in our lyrics, like, in our emotion and our passion in our music that, like, you know, there there is this amazing life to live. You know, I know I've experienced it, like, you know, like, I've gone through, like, really deep depressions and stuff like that, but, um, you know, it, this, this makes me happy, and I, I just want to make other people happy. That's a great message. Yeah, suicide prevention, harming yourself. It's such a final decision. If you go that route, there's no tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, it's great you guys are bringing awareness to that. And it's Music Save Lives. I'm going to assume musicsaveslives.org or some sort of variation yeah. of that. Um, you know, like, uh, we, we've been talking, and, like, uh, you know, eventually when we get off this tour, like, I mean, we're, we're fresh, you know, out, out there. So, um, you know, like, we want to contact them. We want to get it involved. And we want to make sure that, like, we voice, like, our... Uh, our beliefs on, or not beliefs, but, uh, you know, just speak like how, like, we, we feel and, like, how, you know, we want to impact other people's lives. Okay, that's uh, Charlie and Robbie from uh, Farewell My Love. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Uh, I, I wish I could dress like you guys. You guys look cool <laughs> as hell, thank I can you. tell you that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, and we want to, again, push you towards their music. Uh, just search on iTunes, Farewell My Love, yes, and uh, support suicide prevention. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. Welcome back to the broadcast. We thank you for joining us. We continue now from Virginia. We're on the campus of Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia, and uh, we are joined now by Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, how are you? I am doing great, and your uh, job title here on campus is? I'm the Director of Counseling, and so I'm one of the one of two therapists on campus. Oh, that's fantastic, and I know uh, I was proud to be part of your uh, kickoff for the uh, Red Flag Campaign Awareness. Uh, that's really going to happen all, all year long, right? This Actually, we've been doing this campaign since 2008, so... Well, tell us what it is, the Red, uh, red Flag Awareness Campaign. What is it? Well, the Red Flag Campaign actually started um, in Richmond, Virginia, and it started with the Action Alliance group there. Um, and they started this campaign with persons from throughout Virginia. They were college students, and they used the college students as consultants to help them look at what would be red flags to indicate a red flag in a relationship or with any type of sexual assault or domestic violence. So those persons who were in this, this small kind of different um, groups that they had, focus groups, they came up with what they thought red flags were in relationships and with dating violence. So it mainly focused on dating violence. And they came up with um, all sorts of slogans and slogans that persons who are my age, and you know I'm quite a bit older than the college students yeah. here, um, but what they came up with was something that would be very different. And even some of the slogans, I know the, the group, when the core group that were working together, like, oh no, we're not sure how this will really fly on a college campus. Um, so they came up with those and they, they developed posters and the posters are double-sided and it's a bystander intervention program. So that the language and the lingo was actually that for college students. So they updated every several 
years. It's now a national program. Some of the military bases actually use the Red Flag Campaign. So it started with, I think, 16 different colleges um, in the group, and um, that then they just uh, developed that. It was in 2006, 10 colleges in Virginia. And then after that, colleges throughout Virginia and throughout the country were able to take part in this campaign. And we have red flags. We put them out on our campus. Um, this year, we've put them in a lot of the athletic buildings, or, or, or all of our buildings, but um, just to kind of have students become aware of, you know, what are the red flags in their lives. As you notice, we have pins on, and the pins also denote the red flag campaign. They're made by one of our groups on campus. And Anna Hill is one of our, our president of our peer education program, and our peer educators have been really instrumental in bringing this campaign to, to campus. So now we bring on uh, Anna. A, um, what, what is your uh, course of study, and what year are you? Um, I'm a junior studying biology. Fantastic. And you are uh, feet first into this project, the uh, Red Flag Awareness Campaign. What do you do as, a, I guess, a student leader on campus with this? Well, basically, I'm organizing the events and organizing students who are working on these events to, um, as Jill said, uh, work with that bystander effect and make sure people know what these red flags are and when to say something and what resources are out there when something does happen. So have you seen uh, some success stories already on campus, situations where red flags were noticed, uh, the red flags were talked about, and uh, a relationship or a young student was saved uh, of a tragedy? Well, I don't know any uh, personal examples yet, um, but I, I mean, just before coming to this presentation, I was in another uh, student meeting where we were talking about the red flag campaign and what it was, and I met people who had no idea that they could go to Jill. Like, they didn't know where Jill was on campus, and I got to educate them and say, you know, you can, you can go to Jill about anything and talk about it, and, you know, these resources are out there if you ever need help. Well, with the awareness, with the red flags, that's a great sign that, that not one story pops into your head because it's so, students are aware of it, and they're aware of the topics and the date, healthy dating and healthy relationships and sexual assault and violence and domestic violence, it, that it's, it, it's on the tip of their tongue, and they're not going to be a part of it. So that's great that this is working. Definitely, yeah. Okay, Jill, you, uh, Jill Smeltzer is our guest from Emory and Henry College, and we're talking about the Red Flag Campaign. Uh, you said something earlier, two things. One is uh, that this is student, um, I guess, researched as uh, what better experts for this topic than the students themselves to come up with the red flags? Exactly, and I think that it's just the brainchild, too, of the Sexual Alliance um, group from, Virginia, from Richmond, Virginia, and they hired a, a media campaign group. Um, I know the audience can't see this poster, but this poster is just pretty amazing, and it's, it's pretty diverse. Uh, they look at um, all relationships, same-sex relationships. They look at opposite-sex relationships. Um, they look at healthy communication, healthy relationships, what makes up a healthy relationship. Also, um, what are some of the red flags? And they looked at jealousy, emotional abuse, victim blaming, isolation, coercion, physical and sexual abuse, and stalking. Stalking was one that they added a few years ago, too, because that's become very prevalent, especially with social media, um, especially with uh, phones. We have wonderful sponsors. I know you mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, Verizon has been a sponsor throughout the entire process. Um, also, we had a couple of students a few years ago who went to um, uh, Vice President Biden's home for a reception to honor persons throughout the country. Wow. 
um, who were working with uh, sexual assault prevention and domestic violence prevention. So it was not just about the Red Flag Campaign, but the Red Flag Campaign was one of the kind of um, college campus programs that was honored there. So it was really an honor for two of our students to travel to Washington um, to talk about that. And you've got some big sponsors uh, and underwriters. Verizon, you mentioned, and Macy's, I hear. Right, and um, Avon has been a sponsor, too, on the past. So there's, there's quite a few sponsors, um, and it's, it's, it's really a good group, too. Um, I know the group in Virginia, but they speak now all over the country, and people who work with the campaign in Virginia, because we're all somewhat pioneers, because some of the work that Anna and her predecessors um, with the president of the, you know, the Red Flag campaign um, some of the examples from Emory and Henry from the past are actually in the, the book. Uh, when you become a member of the Red Flag Campaign, you get a book that's full of ideas because campuses like this show is part of uh, the launch of our campaign, but we also have a poetry reading. We've had um, awards for like the, the, a great date award where students will nominate their significant other. Um, and say, wow, this is why this person would be a wonder is a wonderful person in a relationship, and they can win an award where they can go on a fantastic date in town. Mm -hmm. um, we've also we've just had a numerous. Um, uh, we put out flags, we put out posters on campus. Um, uh, Anna, another group she's with, made the great buttons that students will wear. We'll have T-shirts that will be coming in this week. Um, so we just we do a variety of things. And it's theredflagcampaign.org for more information, theredflagcampaign.org. Uh, and the other thing you mentioned earlier I wanted to hit on is that this is a campaign based on bystander intervention. Exactly. And bystander intervention, um, a lot of uh, what we talk about is bystander behavior. And that is if you see something, say something. Say something. Uh, and I use the airport example uh, all the time. If you see a backpack at the airport with a stick of dynamite and a red wire coming out of that backpack, you're going to say something. You're going to tell a cop or the TSA at the airport, hey, I think there's a bomb over there. So, it, you know, analogy. there are a lot of bombs within personal relationships on exactly. college campuses. That's a wonderful analogy because you're right. I think this is to train people to notice red flags. And you ask Anna if she'd noticed anything from the campaign. And since we started the campaign and I was, you know, one of the counselors involved with the beginning of the campaign, I have noticed students coming in and saying, you know, I know we talked about the red flag red flags in relationships. I'm thinking I'm having a red flag in a relationship. And go. so it's really, even if we have one student a year, or even if it's one student every other year, but we do have students each year who come in and who say, you know, I'm really concerned, and they use that lingo so you know that's part of what they're, they're getting the information. Jill is our guest with the Red Flag Campaign uh, here at Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia. Again, the website is theredflagcampaign.org. And before I let you go, I wanted to bring up um, a story that was national, international headlines out of the state of Virginia with the lacrosse team uh, almost two years ago when the young man on the Virginia lacrosse team uh, was drunk and beat his girlfriend on the female lacrosse team. Yardley Love was her name. She ended up dying. He's in prison right now for, I think, 35 years for um, some sort of murder charge. Uh, that is exactly what we're talking about. Did that case have anything to do with the genesis of the red flag campaign here in Virginia? Actually, I'm don't think just that case, but think cases like that in general. Um, the the Victims Alliance group, very concerned because college campuses throughout the country and looking at making sure that we educate young women and young men about sexual violence and sexual assault. So I'm not saying it's just that case, but I think cases like that. 
It happens too often. Okay, well, Jill, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I know our listeners uh, really benefited from this, too. Again, theredflagcampaign.org with all the information. This is a top-notch campaign. You're right. They can't see the poster, but it looks beautiful. The pins are beautiful. Anna, thank you for all of your work that you do, too. And, Jill, uh, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. This is Ryan. And this is Chad. And we're from Nickelback. And you're rocking with Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we are broadcasting live with a live studio audience at the University of Minnesota with the Golden Gopher football team. All right. Golden Gophers in the Big Ten. And we have with us team captain, uh, quarterback, Marquise Gray. Hi, Marquise. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You're from Indianapolis, Ben Davis High School, and now uh, a big-time national D1 football star with the Golden Gophers. How's that make you feel? Feels pretty good to be, be the quarterback here. And uh, you do have a great radio voice as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. So maybe uh, playing days are over, um, NFL Network, Big Ten Network. Have you thought about that? Uh, once or twice. I, I would definitely think about that with that voice. And you're not a bad-looking guy. You could get on TV, unlike me. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here to talk about um, a social issue that's gotten some press lately, uh, especially with athletes, and that is domestic violence. These stories... Uh, are unbelievable to me. I know they're unbelievable to to women, and we're going to use these stories as an opportunity for the Golden Gophers and the Adam Ridge Show to do a public service announcement about uh, really just being being a gentleman. You can never lay your hands on a woman, and I think we have some support for that sentiment right here in this room. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So no matter what the situation is, no matter where you are, if it's a fight, if it's uh, an altercation, the simple rule as a man and as a gentleman is, uh, is this. Never lay your hands on a woman. Never, ever. That's, that's right. And, I, and it's worth saying again, and I think that's fantastic that we all said it as a team. Let's say it again in three, two, one. Never lay your hands on a woman. Never, ever. Never lay hands on a woman. Never, Ever. A public service announcement from the University of Minnesota Golden Gopher football team. Thank you, gentlemen. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.